Hello everybody, uh, in case you didn't, uh, or in case you noticed something a little bit amiss with this episode, um, we uh, were recording on Tuesday nights, uh, going through this whole show, and then at the end uh, I discovered that I pulled the Shanghai Dragons uh, with my audio, <laughs> uh, just completely C9'd the record button, um, and, was <laughs> and was not able to save any of my original audio uh, from this show. So, um, this is sort of, uh, cobbled together what we could, um, from the original show, which it should work out pretty well, uh, but in case you notice anything weird, that's probably why, um, uh, and next week I won't forget, so, so that's the important part there. Hello everybody, and welcome to episode number 89 of On the Flank, I want your host John George alongside Joe Kirkpatrick, say hello Joe. Hey everybody. And Joe, um, today we have a show for you um, with an insane break change that just happened right before we are recording this on Experimental Card, but it's pretty crazy. I'm excited to get into it later, but first, we got to talk about the games from the past weekend. We had some we had some pretty, pretty good games this past weekend um, in Asia, in North America, all over the place. A very, very good week for the Guangzhou Charge, Joe. Uh, so let's lead off with them uh, because they started off the week against Seoul Dynasty um, in one of the better matches of the week, uh, ending up beating them three to two. They almost got reverse swept by by Seoul here. Um, but uh, let's talk Seoul first because we'll get more into Guangzhou Charge uh, later with their 2-0 this weekend. Seoul Dynasty once again lose this week. Uh, unfortunate. This was their only game this week, Joe. <laughs> I mean, as analysts, it's hard to predict what's going to happen next with the Soul Dynasty. But, uh, but <laughs> do you think this is a bad sign for the summer showdown, or do you think they'll just uh, randomly be good again once Hero Pools are gone? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Soul Dynasty, you know, I don't know if randomly is the right word um, as far as that goes, but. Uh, I think, yes, absolutely, they'll be good again. I mean, this is a team that we've seen, like, their history of really performing well, um, specifically without uh, Hero Pools, right? And so once those go away, those those go away starting next week, I think that's going to be a really big... um, It's absolutely going to be a really big deal uh, for this team. Um, But yeah, in the meantime... uh, And and I don't even want to blame it, you know, all on that necessarily. Just because you know that that leaves a lot to, uh, th- th- that's trying to explain away a lot of inconsistency that, um, that I don't necessarily think you know it's not just the hero pools, right? Um, but I mean, we, we definitely can't say that that didn't contribute anything. Um, you know, Seoul uh, upcoming here in the next couple of weeks, they've got matches against uh, Shanghai and against Chengdu. Uh, one will uh, likely be more difficult than the other. Uh, it's fair to say, but, um, you know, it's not, um, I guess it's not terrible sort of where, where, where soul is sitting just in terms of based on their history. Uh, like we don't anticipate, um, uh, you, you, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna crash and burn necessarily. I don't think in the next couple of weeks, um, just virtually or just entirely based on uh this performance. I mean, they close loss to Guangzhou last week. That's that's also rough. 
Uh, wait, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> no, we're talking about the close loss to Guangzhou. Um, I was talking about a loss to New York uh, last week. That is in week number 19. Um, puts them at 0-2 right now in their, their June standings. I expect them to pick up at least one win. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, once you get in the tournament, I mean, we saw in May, you know, the bracket run is is very real possibility. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about Seoul, um, provided they can you know match what they did last month. Oh yeah, Shanghai, NYXL, and Guangzhou Charge all on Seoul Dynasty's schedule, uh, and Chengdu it might be a little tough too. They they almost um, ended up being Shanghai later in the weekend, uh, which was kind of crazy. Um, especially after they got three out by the London Spitfire, but a match that me and Joe both predicted very poorly. Um, but yeah, props to Guangzhou. If you're a Seoul Dynasty fan, O2, not fun, obviously, but I, I'm starting to, I, I think Guangzhou is the real deal here in the Asia region. I, I think they're putting up great performance after great performance against some really good teams. Um, their second win was a 3-2 against Hangzhou Spark, uh, a Hangzhou Spark team that actually was just coming off a win against NYXL. Uh, we could talk about that game first, Joe, because I know it is your match to rewatch. Um, the NYXL, Hangzhou Spark, Hangzhou Spark ended up um, in six maps, taking this one 3-2. Uh, that's right, they tied Temple of Anubis. This was a very... A, a six-map series is almost always good joe <laughs> it's almost always good um and this one was not the exception what do, what do you think helped hong joe pull out the win here in the end i mean yeah so this was uh this was in fact my match to rewatch uh you know as we always uh, name one uh at the for every week uh as we you know recap uh the week after but uh, but yeah, my match rewatch, and I think a lot of what was really exciting about this match was being able to watch uh, the rookies come in for Hangzhou. Um, you know, talking about uh, QOQ, talking about uh, Mika on support and uh, off tank, but in the opposite order. Um, also, Architect, uh, I believe uh, his first week was actually last week. Uh, so this is technically his second week playing with Hangzhou, but uh, this was absolutely a week he was he was really able to step up and and take care of business. Um, uh, it was really excellent to see all three of these players. I mean, QOQ uh, pulling out lots of Sigma in particular, um, obviously playing alongside Gushue, uh, but some wrecking ball too um, with with Gushue's Winston, uh, Mika playing uh, some Fara or, or excuse me, some some Mercy, uh, particularly on. Uh, Gibraltar, I can think in my head, uh, you know, when it calls for that. Um, I believe Ilios as well on the control map. Um, and Architect, obviously doing Architect things, uh, really coming into his own when he doesn't have to sit on the bench, which is, uh, you know, super valuable uh, when you have a DPS player with of that high skill. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. R- really cool watch. And, you know, with New York being as good as they are, uh, you know, all the more reason that this was such an exciting series. Um, going all the way, you know, tied after map five, um, all the way to six maps. Um, you know, this is a really nice Hangzhou. And I talked last week, I was saying, you know, Hangzhou can be really good. Uh, I said, as I picked them over Guangzhou, which of course they lost. Um, but they could be really good if they're allowed to play 
the types of compositions that they like, whether that's, um, you know, in particular the dive, uh, with with the Winston, with the um, tracer, you know, that that kind of thing, um, which they were absolutely able to play, uh, and and had great success when they did it. Uh, and that's a really encouraging thing, and you know, obviously a really close series against Guangzhou too. But it's really encouraging, um, you know, thinking about this this Hangzhou team going into going into the future. Yeah, uh, it's looking like this Asia Asia region is just getting better and better with Architect joining Hangzhou. Obviously, you've got Hoxel on on NYXL. Just all these teams are starting to get better and better, and it's it's making me feel bad for teams like London and Chengdu, who I think have a pretty good roster in comparison to the rest of the league, but are constantly having to face these teams. Uh, so it, it kind of sticks for them because I I don't in comparison I think. Chengdu and London obviously aren't as good as NYXL, Seoul, Shanghai especially, but they keep having to play them. Um, and they, they're going to have trouble beating them. Obviously, Chengdu uh, took Shanghai to five maps this week. I mean, you had you had some close matchups. Um, London faced Chengdu themselves, 3-0'd them. Uh, yeah, me and Joe were way off the mark there, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, I mean, that's significant, though. Uh, mm-hmm. you, that, you know, We didn't expect it to be quite that dominant and while uh uh you know while london did uh you know with the loss later in the week you know that's that's to new york but um you know it's 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 a big deal um just in terms of you know where exactly this team is is power wise i mean solid winning over chengdu um and granted it's chengdu but this is also the chengdu that took shanghai to five maps uh you know almost uh you know got reverse swept but uh they did get reverse swept um but yeah, really close, really exciting match there. And uh, and London, it was not close. Oh, yeah. Um, but if we head over to the North American region for the first day, um, the Paris Eternal came out right before their game against the San Francisco Shock and told us um, some really good news that XC is back. He is back on the roster. He will be playing for the Paris Eternal this week against the San Francisco Shock. Um, and if you didn't think, I, I mean, last week I even mentioned I thought this would be um, one of the better games of the weekend. I was super excited for it. Um, but and that was with XZ not even in. And now XZ's in? I'm all in. Um, but uh, apparently it didn't matter, Joe. Uh, apparently the San Francisco Shock are just a really, really good team. Um, because they 3 0 them. <laughs> they stomped them on Gibraltar, on Busan. It got a little closer at Blizzard World. But still... <laughs> um, Shock looked absolutely dominant against this Paris Eternal team. I mean, after after seeing this, we got to see them destroy Washington Justice, who I think that was a team we definitely expected them to destroy. Um, not the Paris Eternal, but I mean, who who can stop this San Francisco Shock team, Joe? Are they unstoppable? Yeah, it's really hard to say. I mean, uh, yeah. Hard to say in that uh, you know I, I hate to label any team unstoppable, but if it's going to be a team, I mean, uh, you know, San Francisco Shock is an excellent candidate. Obviously, uh, you know, coming out with the with the main melee victory uh, in North America, but I mean, uh, even beyond that, I mean, this is just a really, really solid team that is not um, plagued by, by lots of the other problems that other teams in this league are i mean you know they're not they're not a meta team they're um not a, a super rigid team they're not a team that lacks roster depth i mean um 
Um, somebody on Watchpoint was pointing out, you know, this is this is a team that their bench right now is super rascal and moth, <laughs> and and you know that's that's an insane roster. And uh, but to to have that kind of flexibility and and you know enjoying it, uh, bringing in Twilight, you know that's 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 a big thing. You know, uh, again, you can you can bench moth because of it. Um, Strikers seeing more playtime is, is cool, particularly obviously with um, the rise of Tracer here. But I mean, this is an excellent team with with the kind of flexibility you need for for longevity too. Um, and again, on the, this Watchpoint segment, you know, there was somebody, whoever it was, was bringing up, you know, this was a team that uh, you know they could have coasted on their season two champion roster and been fine, absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, and still done really well this league, um, but and yet this is a team that looks you know noticeably different even from from season two shock, um, and and if anything they're better because of it you know they haven't lost anything uh, from these kind of changes uh, and that that's a testament to you know good leadership that's a testament to good uh, management but also just like the 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 skill of the players absolutely yeah I. <laughs> I don't know how they could have improved on their roster, and I don't know if they really have. They just, their bench improved for sure because they have, last year their bench was insane as well. Uh, of course, they lost Sinatra, but gaining Twilight is nuts. Um, it's, Ons is, is, a, is a great player for them this year. Yeah, Rascal on the bench. We get to see a lot of Striker lately with, with Tracer back in the medal, which is very nice. Um, I'm in, I'm enjoying that a ton. Was a big striker fan in season one, um, so nice to see him back. Um, and Tracer back at the meta is pretty cool too. Um, what do we got? Now? Atlanta Rain three o Toronto. I think a lot of people expected this one to be a little bit closer after Toronto's performance and Numlocked seem seemingly sort of reinvigorated the team a little bit. It seemed like, um, but yeah. Didn't didn't happen for them this week, unfortunately. Um, and Atlanta, Atlanta definitely looking a lot better. Yeah, I mean, you know, not much to say um, about Atlanta here. You're right. Um, it's, it's a solid team. You know, it's a win they really needed uh, as they're sitting like right at 500 uh, right now. They're like six and six in the standings. Um, you know, we, we've talked a little about Atlanta in the past. You know, this is a team we had really high expectations for. Um, haven't quite uh haven't quite lived up to him for sure but um absolutely a win they needed yeah this was one of those weeks where we had a random houston pop-off and every once in a while we have those joe um <laughs> like like if you i feel bad for the gladiators because <laughs> this does happen every once in a while every once in a while dante linkser are just all of a sudden gods again uh because at some point they have been um and this week they were all of a sudden just carrying their team uh, I firmly believe that Houston was carried by their two DPS stars this week uh, against the LA Gladiators. Kevster looked pretty good. It was his first game with the Gladiators, but uh, obviously an unfortunate loss uh, for his first game. Um, like how <laughs> do you think? I don't know, Joe. <laughs> do you think Houston could continue this this streak, or do you think? Um, or this little game here, or do you think this was just lightning in a bottle or something? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Houston is just a weird team. Uh, I think we've established that uh, for sure. Just, you know, that they, they can be good, absolutely. Um, 
you know, sometimes it's attributed to a meta thing. Um, but, you know, you'll have times where they just find something that works and they can play it for a week, maybe two, um, and then either it no longer works or they just ignore it <laughs> and sort of move on. But, um, but yes, solid win over the Gladiators. And it's, you know, it's not, uh, not for lack of trying, really, on, on some of the other... Uh, some of their other matches, arguably, you know, that's uh, you, you could talk about that, but um, uh, with, that makes it sound like I think they're sandbagging, which they're not. Um, but you know, solid team, and you know, their schedule ahead is is looking pretty, uh, pretty daunting. It's fair to say. I mean, they're playing uh, Florida next week uh, in week twenty one, um, and already now are adding um, to that. Uh, their past matches against uh, Philly, obviously a three-zero sweep, three-zero sweep by Philly, uh, but a really nice win over Gladiators. That definitely, you know, for thinking about their their summer showdown placing, that's really something uh, that they needed. But yeah, um, you know, Houston, Houston versus Florida. I mean, if they can, if they can continue to play with that kind of level, I mean, that's uh, you know, it might be a good match. I definitely wouldn't. Uh, you know, get my hopes up for it or anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not, uh, not out of the realm of possibility for Houston as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It's as so I was a Houston fan in like season one. And then as time's gone on, has gone on, I've just learned the Houston way. And when they look good, it's like a tease, you know, they're just, at points, they look really good against some of the best teams in the league. And you're like, oh, why don't you just keep doing that? And for some reason, they're just like, no, nah, I don't really want to. Um, I'll just be bad now, um, which is sad. So hopefully Houston can keep this up, obviously. I feel like I've said that a million times um, because they have – they have in the history, Houston has had times where they look really good and like one of the best teams uh, when you watch them play. But um, they just revert back to playing scared, nervous, not playing their style, and just not looking good. Um, on the other side, the Gladiators, though, now dropped a 5-6. and six. This was an unfortunate one to lose. Um, Houston actually hopped them in the Overwatch League standings um, on the website, which Houston's 6-10, and 10, and the Gladiators are 5-6, and six, so... I think it's a really big difference right there. Um, I'd argue Gladiators might have a little bit better of a record there uh, with a lot, with four less losses. But uh, the Gladiators are going to have to start winning some games here if they're, they want to get back into the playoff picture, which is, yeah, <laughs> pretty important. Because uh, I do think they have a roster that should be making playoffs here, but they're they're just not doing it right now. We get to talk about the Dallas Fuel Vancouver Titans game, which is a treat, Joe. Um, a, a cor- I haven't listened to the new Platt chat, but according to Twitter, they talked about this game for like 30 minutes <laughs> um, because this was like the big news of the Overwatch League weekend, basically, um, because obviously the Dallas Fuel should not be getting... 3-0'd by the Vancouver Titans. They have one of the biggest fan bases in the Overwatch League, so of course it, everyone's going to be super vocal when they lose a match that they shouldn't have. Um, but everyone's upset mainly, Joe, because Decay took a break this weekend, and that's because Arrow let him took a, take a break. They were facing the Vancouver Titans. 
um, they said, okay, he's, he's working really hard. We should just give him a break this weekend. And my God, <laughs> um, that didn't work out at all. <laughs> um, Joe, do you think it was, I mean, do you think it was just decay sitting that lost him this match or do you think it was more? I, the, I, very few people are talking about the Titans in this situation. Do you think they played um, a lot better than they have before? Like, where does the credit go here? Yeah, I mean, there's not much to talk about about these Titans right now, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, they haven't been uh, they, they haven't been just just uh, falling all over themselves. They, they you know they're getting better. They're getting uh, you know looking more like a team. Um, which is which is a really nice thing, and they're uh, you know obviously pulling up wins now here against Dallas, but um, yeah, in that sense, you know this is like you know one of the low bars of the Overwatch League. Like like you wanna you wanna be able to clear uh, this hurdle, which is unfortunate because I think um, you know even teams like Boston, unfortunately, are like. Uh, I don't know. I would think about Vancouver in terms of just like a team that should be beaten. This should be beaten just because of the level they're at versus Boston is like a team that should be beaten because of like the team that they are, which sounds really bad, but I mean, (laughs) uh, how would I, uh, how would I characterize this? Because, just because Vancouver is, or maybe it's the other way around, that the Vancouver should be beaten because of the team that they are, right? Coming in randomly halfway through the season, uh, it's you know contenders players you know haven't had time to to gel yet, because uh, contenders really isn't an insult in this league right now, um, just based based on you know the makeup of a lot of these teams, but you know they're they're gelling together, they're they're making improvements, that kind of thing. Um. Uh, versus, uh, you know, Boston. That's a team that definitely has shining moments, but um, isn't really able to convert on a lot of them. Um, but regardless, yeah, that that in that sense, I I wouldn't talk very much about Vancouver just in terms of you know there, there's not much that hasn't been said already about this team. Um, but with, um, uh, excuse me, but with Dallas. Yeah, and excuse me again. Um, and yeah, and decay coming up. That was definitely a uh, uh, that was that was a choice. That was a very interesting choice. Um, you know, there were rumors going around for a while that oh, he you know intentionally wanted to be benched because he got bored of Overwatch and he's been you know, he's moving to Valorant and all this, and uh, even coming out from one of the Atlanta Rain coaches, but. Um, yeah, yeah, those uh, not really with much foundation, and in fact, dis dis uh, disavowed by Decay as well. But um, uh, but you know, regardless, I think uh, you know it makes sense if this is the match that he's gonna sit out. Um, you, you know, or th- th- if you're gonna take Decay out for a match, you know, against Vancouver Titans is definitely the match to do it. But uh, you know, as far as the timing. I mean, <laughs> when you realize things are going south, you kind of got to get him out of there, um, and and that clearly didn't happen. Um, yeah, it, and and yeah. Meanwhile, just Dallas looked lost. It was it was not exactly. Uh, it was almost painful <laughs> a little bit. 
Yeah, I'm curious. I, I let's talk about Arrow's decision here um, because it did come out later that it was his decision. He said he said that Decay needs a break. Um, do you agree with this decision, Joe? I mean, maybe Decay does need a break. He's obviously we've now seen that he seemingly carries the Dallas fuel on his back because they looked awful without him against one of the worst, maybe the worst team in the league right now, um, which is sad to say. Uh, so, Joe, do you think this was the right decision by Arrow? He's obviously made some pretty awful decisions as as the coach head coach of Dallas. People are asking for him to be fired after this one. Uh, what, what do you what do you have to say about it? Yeah, I mean, you know, like we talked about, just uh, you, you know, you gotta recognize when when things are going weird, um, and and make take some kind of action for that. Uh, I think you know, absolutely, you know, it's it's not at all incorrect, you know, that Decay really does deserve the rest, um, and I'm glad he got it. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where um, that's that's just an issue, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, you don't want him to run out because this is sort of the the decay with with five friends, like Sideshow was talking about, um, and that's that's exactly the team structure you want to avoid. Uh, I would think if you're if you're Arrow of the Dallas Fuel, um, and we didn't we didn't even really talk about Onigod, uh, obviously making his debut um, here for Dallas, um, and and having gigantic shoes to step in and. Um, you know, there's just no way you can fill that uh, in your first game. I mean, he was fine on DPS, absolutely. Uh, there weren't any, you know, major problems necessarily, but, um, uh, but but it's just it was it was night and day, um, <laughs> with Alice, which is really unfortunate. But um, you know, and you let you let the whole series go, um, sort of as a result. Mm-hmm. Very much a choice. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just one game. Uh, I think Arrow's learned from it. I mean, but maybe Decay also got some nice rest. So maybe there will be a positive. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Decay will just be insane next week or something. Like, he, he really needed that break. Uh, they do face Toronto next week, so not that hard of a challenge. Um, they, they have a nice, easy summer showdown schedule. Uh, they did drop to Vancouver, and now they are winless in, in their schedule. But um, Toronto should hopefully be a win uh, for the Dallas Fuel. I mean, I, I know this roster's good. I know Decay is good at least. So just play him, I guess. And they can grab another win. As far as the rest of the week goes, though, um, we had Philly Fusion destroying the Uprising and Shock destroying Justice. But we have one more game that I want to talk about, especially because it's my game to rewatch. Um, because it's another upset, and it's the Los Angeles Valiant beating the Florida Mayhem 3-1, to one, which I think was a super interesting game because you had um, two players on the Los Angeles Valiant who are former um, Florida Mayhem players. Um, so this was kind of a an interesting little matchup here between these two teams. LA Valiant has been on a hot streak lately, uh, they started off not too great, but they have bolstered the way up all the way up to eight and six after this win uh, against one of the best teams in the league right now. They were obviously the mayhem uh, in the May melee faced off against the San Francisco Shock. 
uh, got second. Uh, now they are losing to the Los Angeles Valiant. But we, I feel like we haven't talked too much about this Valiant team on the podcast, Joe. So I have dedicated my MVP and my game to rewatch to the Valiant this week uh, because I am giving my MVP to Shax, who has um, been just statistically the best tracer in the league this year. And my God, people are overlooking this guy just because he's not a big name tracer like Striker or anyone else. Um, who has been tracer, a great tracer historically. Shaq is, Shaq's is rising up the ranks. I think he's looking fantastic. Um, and this entire Valiant team is looking fantastic. Um, what, what, do you, what do you take away from this, this Valiant win here? Um, where, where do you think this Valiant team can go? Obviously, they had a huge upset of like shock at some point in the season too. Um, could this team be a potential... Uh, a potential team to reach reach the championship at the, at the end of the year, Joe. Yeah, they're absolutely not a bad team. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, thinking about our preseason power rankings of the LA Valiant, I mean, they were the laughing stock of the league preseason, and and it's I don't I don't regret admitting that. Um, you know, we had them I think the very bottom, uh, maybe even of both of our power rankings, uh, jumping up more than ten places here when, when we did our our uh, re-rankings again post-May Melee. Um, uh, but yeah, they've, <laughs> they've definitely proved lots and lots of people wrong. And that's, um, you know, that's a testament to the way that you can um, go in and develop a team out, out of talent like, um, you know, San Francisco Shock, uh, like early San Francisco Shock was trying to do, um, like Florida Mayhem tried to do, um, several times just just completely going to the drawing board uh and never really quite succeeded um but yeah absolutely that's the thing that ellie valiant has done and has been successful with honestly um you know north america you know might not be dead um but i think they've got the ellie valiant to thank for it honestly um and like i said we, we don't really talk about that nearly enough i wouldn't think um or i don't think but um but yeah, it's a very solid team. I think you know, um, definitely uh, playoff material. I mean, you know, it's it's a little bit uh, early to say that. I think for me, like even just because of uh, what playoffs are and what we, because we don't know what they are, but um, but just be just just be thinking about them and keep them watched. I think uh, you know we've. Uh, potentially underrated them, or like we don't talk about them much on this show, really. But uh, they're absolutely there, and and uh, showing a loss to um, you know the good Florida uh, now is definitely worth worth noticing. Pay attention to. Yeah, KSP has been fantastic too. Um, so he definitely deserves a shout out. Uh, yeah, this whole Valiant team is is really good. I'm excited to see what else they can do because they, they did make it to the semifinals. They did beat Paris in that May Melee too. So I am honestly expecting um, another win. But then again, it could be closer because uh, XE is back. So I'm excited to see what happens here um, going forward. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else to talk about from this past week, Joe? Yeah, trying to think. Um well, it was a thing that happened with uh, uh, Philly Boston. That was that was a match. 
Um, and yeah, Shock looking pretty dominant against uh, the Washington Justice. Um, again, not not super surprising, not uh, at all unexpected, I wouldn't say. Um, but you know, that's that's what happens when you got uh, a, a team like this. <laughs> uh, yes, a really solid series, um, a really solid week, uh, multiple reverse sweeps coming out of Asia, um, and uh, lots of these games were really exciting. Uh, I'm trying to think if I. Uh, uh, talked about my match to rewatch specifically. That's got to be Hangzhou, New York. Um, uh, you know, just because that's that's a super excellent, uh, super excellent series, and I'm glad it happened. Uh, uh, and my MVP goes to Architect again because um, you know this was um, really a good time for him to to shine and uh, really uh, showing off his flexibility and his. You know, solid DPS chops uh, in the, in this this whole week. But let's get into the news. We mentioned this earlier, obviously, with the Hangzhou Spark games. But QoQ uh, joined the Hangzhou Spark since our last episode, and he did play this weekend and looked great. Um, and I'm super excited to see Hangzhou Spark moving forward. Obviously, a win against NYXL is huge. Couldn't pull out the one against Guangzhou Charge, but. Um, yeah, I'm this Asia region just keeps keeps getting better and better here, Joe. It's it's gonna get real interesting here down down the line. Um, but uh, if you didn't know who QoQ was, he uh, was on T1 before this, uh, but he was once on Runaway as well. Uh, people definitely know that team. So yeah, and he's a good player from what I've seen this weekend so far. Uh, off tanking. Uh, what's, what else we got? Uh, they did, the Spark also released Crystal, um, which is also a thing, but clearly, I guess they didn't really need him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't active, was he? He wasn't playing this year that much, I don't think. Yeah, I know, this comes from that whole thing where he was, uh, uh, you know, he went on leave that one time, and then he was, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, never came back, then the league got the org got mad at him, but now he's actually been fired. Okay, so now he's actually gone. Okay, gotcha. Um, so that happened as well. Oni got to Dallas, which we talked about as well. His obviously he didn't give a good first impression because he can replace Decay, but I, he's a good player. So don't don't take this result to heart. Don't say oh Oni got trashed. Did you see him this weekend? Couldn't even carry. Um, clearly he's not as good as Decay, but I still think he's good. A little player named, um, Zick. Is that how you pronounce his name? Or Zeke, I think, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That's how they've done it okay. on stream. Zeke. Um, he has been playing for Toronto these past weeks, and he is now a permanent addition. I remember seeing him, um, in the, I think he was first there at the main melee, uh, if I'm... I think I'm right there, but um, yeah, he's now a permanent addition. He got signed for real, not a 14-day anymore. Uh, so that's exciting for Toronto. I've, from what I've seen from him so far, I think he's pretty good. So I think he's a good addition to a DPS line that is – it's got big names, Joe, but these they, they might be a little bit burnt out here. I haven't been too impressed by sure four agilities, um, the likes of these players so far this year, so – uh, he very well could be taking over. Uh, so good pickup, in my opinion. 
Um, new exper- experimental card, which uh, was what I mentioned the, at the top of the show that I think is very interesting. Um, and Joe will take us through that because he is the patch man. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got an experimental card. Uh, it is a thing. It just came up uh, on Wednesday. Excuse me, on Tuesday. Um, and some hero changes, just like always. Uh, starting with Ash, got a nerf to her dynamite, which is a cooldown increase from 10 to 12 seconds. Uh, Diva got a couple changes as well. Uh, all buffs, I believe. Uh, with her her fusion cannon, since her left click, the movement penalty uh, on those has been reduced from 50 to 40 percent. Uh, and uh, Orissa got a, a change like this recently, um, that she can move a little bit faster while shooting. Uh, well, now Diva has that as well. Uh, the cooldown between uses of Defense Matrix uh, has been reduced from one and a half seconds to one second, which is pretty significant. That's like, you know, 33 percent decrease there. Um, uh, it's only two thirds as uh, two thirds as long, and the micro missiles activation delay reduced from 0.5 to 0.25 seconds. Um, so I guess that's presumably after you press E and before the missiles actually start shooting. Um, that that delay is a little bit uh, a little bit slower. Um, for Junkrat, also got a couple changes. Uh, the concussion mine trigger delay reduced from 0.156 to 0.1 seconds, because um, that was obviously a, a really important thing that needed to be changed. Um, and rip tire after you uh, either explode or your tire gets destroyed, uh, the time to take control of Junkrat uh, post detonation has been reduced from 1.5 to 0.9 seconds. Um, so a couple changes uh, you would a couple changes you would particularly notice if you played uh, Junkrat a lot would be my assumption, um, but uh, uh, those are important things there. But uh, I sort of skipped over the the biggest one, which of course is Brig. Uh, got some changes here on this experimental patch. Uh, first to her barrier shield, uh, maximum health increase from two hundred to two hundred fifty. Uh, while the health regeneration rate has been decreased from 100 to 85 health per second, um, which basically takes it from um, 2 seconds to charge fully uh, to 3 seconds to charge fully um, with the health buff as well. And the cooldown when fully destroyed has been increased from 3 to 5 seconds. Uh, So on live currently, if you destroy Briggs' shield, it takes her 5 seconds to get back up to its max of 200 health. Uh, In this experimental patch, uh, when you fully destroy Big Shield, it will take eight seconds to get out to its match to its maximum of 250 health. Uh, that's that's the difference there, basically. Um, and the biggest change uh, here in the game is to Briggs Repair Pack, uh, which now no longer grants an additional armor health pool when healing full health targets, which is just huge. Uh, like I'm really surprised. Uh, really surprised to to hear that honestly it's big it's real big obviously because that's i mean that's brig's whole character right her repair pack has always been her thing i feel like um giving armor like that's why she was created was like oh we should make a healer that just gives armor uh instead of really heals but it seems like uh, obviously there's a lot there's been a lot of backlash ever since brig came out 
that the game has too much armor. The game DPS aren't aren't as good as they used to be uh, because of the armor. Uh, obviously, armor is a huge counter to most DPS characters. Um, so it's it's a huge change. <laughs> like if this goes through, of course, this is obviously still experimental. This isn't like a final decision, but the past the past couple of experimentals have just gone straight to live with no changes. So it's possible this happens. Um, but I, if if this happens, Joe, I do think more changes are to come for Brig. I think this is one step in like almost a rework, probably, um, which it's debatable whether or not you like it. Um, I think as someone who played Brig for a long time, I think the most fun part about Brig, it wasn't ever her armor packs. So I think it made her better. It makes her really good, obviously. But I think my favorite part about playing Brig is like shield bashing and her, her using her, um, her whip and stuff like that. Like those are her most fun abilities to me and giving a armor pack is fine. Like, obviously, it was the most busted part about her kit. But uh, as someone who's played Brig before, I don't think Brig main should be that upset about these changes besides the fact that it makes her a lot weaker now, uh, <laughs> which I think they will eventually, like, this rework... They're going to somehow rework this to, like, obviously make her viable again. But I think after these changes, she would not be viable immediately. I think she will immediately be out of the meta, unusable, like th- this is this is nuts that they're just like yeah well you could still give armor via rally which is still a really really great alt um joe what what do you think i think this is a good change for the game to move forward because i think armor is a big thing that has made the develop made it hard to to develop new dps and new and, and sort of make dps players happy in this game what do you think is it is it a right step forward or do you think they're taking it too far yeah, I mean, you know, armor is a really big thing, uh, really big part of break. And I mean, to 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 take that out, you know, now uh, the only way you can get armor is through Brig Alt, uh, right through the rally um, that gives armor to teammates. Um, and more importantly, like the the one, um, you know, from an from an Overwatch League perspective, uh, as we often take on this show, uh, like the one big change that this this brings is that. Uh, you, you know why would why would you use Brig um, in lots of the situations that that um, she's used now anymore? Uh, I mean, you, you know, you use her basically for uh, for the shield bash. You know, for for some of the CC, uh, particularly when you're going up against um, sort of divey compositions. Uh, you, you know, she 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 still works works some. Uh, you know, as a flank deterrent, she's not the she's not the the nega tracer or anything. Um, but you know, like she used to be, but um, I, I don't, I don't think I used that correctly. But it's fine. Uh, but um, but but she can absolutely deter the flankers in in a dive type composition. But you'd also use her in a dive type composition because of the really quick ranged healing and the overhealing with the armor. Um, you know, it's like a better or a different type of uh, Harmony Orb, for example, in a Tracer, uh, you know, throw her some armor, and then she's got a really big advantage against um, against some of her, her flank targets, her dive targets. Um, 
or or armor up your echo, you know, for a similar sort of thing. But um, not being able to do that at all um, really, really diminishes uh, the professional use of Brig. And like you said, I think, um, the, you know, if this were to go through to life, because again, it, it's um, just an experimental card, but that would really significantly uh, reduce her usage rate, I think, like maybe even to nothing. Um, just, uh, I don't know quite about that, but just considering the the viability of lots of other support heroes um and and the rates that we see lots of other support heroes i mean probably probably mercy is is pretty well is pretty low um low pick rate right now in the overwatch league um uh but i think you know um um very very a big part of that is because we don't uh have echo in the meta right now i think is is probably fair to say um, but we see lots of Lucy, we see lots of Ana, we see lots of Baptiste. Uh, excuse me, we've even recently been seeing lots of Break or lots of Zen. Um, you know, just because of of uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I could nail down one specific factor that we've seen lots of Zen for. Uh, but you know, there's more situations now that that favor him uh, recently in the, in the kind of meta we've been seeing. But yeah, I don't know when Brick comes back. Um, and again, if this ch- this changes at it, that's that's first and foremost. Uh, I, I don't know when you would you would ever be inclined to use her really. Oh yeah, in um, the professional setting. And yeah, it might be to further show this is just an experimental card. We also got a PTR patch today, um, which did not include the brick changes. The only change that it included was the Junkrat change that Joe mentioned, um, which we have no clue. They have like not really run the PTR at the same time as experimental before, so this is a new for everyone. No one knows what that actually means, um, but it seems like PTR is a place where they put like bug fixes and um, a new this time new features. Which this time it is a bunch of career profile improvements, um, which Joe can go into more. I'll I won't steal the Patchman spotlight. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's all good. Um, yeah, I think probably the junk rat changes just has to do with maybe they're trying to test some of the tech um, involved there. Mm, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, we see. Um, yes, career profile. That's that's the big thing here on the PTR right now. Um, and in fact, as we were recording this show, um, I I went in and updated my PTR. So I'm going to go check it out as soon as uh, as soon as we're done here. But. Um, the big thing is you can now sort your player icons and, and group them by category and filter them by hero and whether you own so them. So that's huge. <laughs> that's a big thing right there. Um, but also some some adjustments to the way in-game achievements are grouped um, and filtered. Um, you can now see game mode playtime has been added to the overview section. So you can see exactly how much time you've spent in certain modes. Um, and statistics are now displayed in a tabular format. Apparently, separated by average per ten minutes, which I know is a, a stat that uh, we've seen used a lot in the Overwatch League. Sort of has a baseline, uh, uh, baseline for lots of different uh, numbers. You can get uh, best and total um, in addition to those averages, providing a cleaner, more readable view. It says, uh, and then a bunch of bug fixes and stuff as per usual. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I mean, me and Joe have talked about it on this. On the show before, we have no clue what PTR versus experimental means anymore. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll get some more knowledge once we see what goes through 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 all these changes here. 
So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. We did get contenders news. Uh, so that's, um, it's pretty nice because it's, we rarely hear about contenders really. Um, but, uh, this is contenders season two news in 2020s. Of course, they usually had two seasons. I think last year was the first year they had two seasons um, with like a mid with a uh, mid season like invitational type thing, and then uh, the gauntlet at the end of the year, which was actually pretty exciting and fun to watch. Um, but obviously, COVID making things a little bit uh, interesting. So, um, Joe, I actually haven't gotten to read too much of this article yet. Have you? Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I've been able to go through it. Yeah, um, and basically, um, yeah, they they're going through and talking about some of the changes that'll happen in uh, Contenders twenty twenty season two, because uh, obviously season one is over now. Um, and a lot of these changes they have, um, you know, sort of pointed the finger at the coronavirus as uh, as for why they're making some of these changes. Um, and you got to think that's. Uh, you, I mean, you, you know, I, I'm sure that's part of it. Absolutely, that's part of it. Uh, but I'm sure that's also a really convenient excuse to be able to experiment on some of these, uh, some of these regions, some of these different modes. Um, as as we'll see, but uh, start with Contenders China, uh, that uh, season two uh, of Contenders 2020 will uh, be exactly the same format as season one. Uh, with the sort of back and forth, you know, trials and contenders and, and a playoff tournament, uh, you know, in, in alternating weeks, uh, they're, they're going to keep that format there, um, as well as improving other aspects of the tournament for regional fans. Um, so that's nice. <laughs> contenders Korea, uh, they're moving back to what they describe as a traditional league format. Uh, so it's a round robin regular season, uh, followed by a uh, sort of qualifier, or excuse me, a qualifier at the beginning um, into a round-robin regular season, and then a single elimination playoffs at the end. Uh, notably, they're going to broadcast every single uh, match in the region. Uh, they're in Contenders Korea, so that's a cool thing to look forward to. Uh, Contenders Australia, uh, again, similar, uh, similar change, going back to... Uh, a traditional league format similar to what we've seen in previous seasons of Contenders, it says. Um, with eight teams in round robin that that's, uh, teams can qualify into, uh, followed by a double elimination tournament. Um, and they'll, they'll broadcast a good chunk of the matches. It looks like three matches in each cycle of the round robin, um, in addition to the entirety of the playoffs there in Contenders Australia. Uh, South America... Um, is going sort of a hybrid between the Korea Australia uh, mode and Europe, uh, or Korea Australia and uh, continuous China, uh, a hybrid between that uh, season one format and a traditional format, um, um, trying to do more again for for local engagement um, and fan engagement uh, online in particular. Uh, Pacific contenders, that's uh, a very notable change because there will be no Contenders 2020 Pacific Season 2 um, at all. Um, they're, they're taking that away completely. Um, Talon Esports, the uh, Season 1 champion, will receive an invite to Contenders Korea Trials. Um, and that's it. That They're they're going to support some, some local tournaments and stuff. They've, it says they've 
dedicated a hundred thousand U.S. dollars um, towards uh, towards that region here in the second part of the year, but um, no official contenders in that region. And then, of course, Europe and North America, um, they're going to be moving towards a monthly format focused on developing fun, high-stakes tournament competition while also developing up-and-coming players into professionals. Um, so five monthly tournaments, basically, in Europe and North America, um, so ten total, um, each with a prize pool um, that'll allow them to iterate and experiment um, uh, trying a bunch of different things starting in July and going, excuse me, going through November. Um, as Anna Pitt says, all matches for the double elimination tournament in July will be broadcast. Um, and presumably uh, more details to come about that. But so, so very different from season one in Europe and North America. Um, but uh, it certainly sounds like the most variety in the broadcast. And uh, then basically they said, yes, we're going to iterate on open division we'll tell you more about it later <laughs> it was basically the end of that article uh but that's sort of where they left it as far as that goes um i, I like that they're doing different things for each region um and like they're mentioning in the article here like it, it seems like different different people in different regions of the world like their leagues to be in a certain way um clearly because we have korea moving back to one format other other leagues staying and I think that's a smart thing to do. If you look at League of Legends, like all of their leagues around the world all have different formats, all have different little quirks in their playoffs, stuff like that. Um, and it's because people in that region favor that or enjoy watching that certain style a little bit more than others. So uh, I think that's the way to go for sure. Uh, instead of unifying worldwide, so just you're a, they they only play each other. So you're able to sort of make every single one different. Um and also great that Contenders Korea will be streamed, all of it. So, uh, yeah, that's very nice. Sad that Pacific just isn't having a second season. I saw people tweeting about that and how, <laughs> how that's just not happening, besides, except for Taiwan esports who get, who get the privilege to play in Korea. But, um, yeah, interesting changes. Obviously, I, I'm glad at least it's still happening with COVID. Um, they could easily just say, oh, yeah, COVID's happening. We're just going to give up on this. Um, we already have so much work to do with Overwatch League. How can we focus on this at all? Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm glad it still exists, I guess. Um, but let's move on to the Overwatch League Week 21. This is um, going to be played on a new patch, the patch with the Genji buffs, actually. So we might be seeing some Genji. Um, with the first week of no hero hero pools this week. So uh, anyone is playable. Echo is back, uh, which is exciting, but she did just get nerfed in this patch. So who knows? Uh, it was just one nerf, so we still could see it. Let's start it off with Soul Dynasty, Shanghai Dragons. Soul has sort of struck out uh, this summer showdown so far. Um they did have to face two very difficult teams in the New York Excelsior and Guangzhou charge so far. Now they arguably get the even more difficult challenge of facing the Shanghai Dragons, the defending May Melee champions uh, who they did lose to in the championship. Um, I pick first, right, Joe? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'll start us off with a win. I am picking the Shanghai Dragons here. You just can't trust the Soul Dynasty, and Shanghai is still the team to beat, so I'm not going to pick against them. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really hard to do that <laughs> uh, right now, uh, particularly in Asia. Uh, you know, they did have that close match against uh, Chengdu um, just this past week, uh, taking them to five maps. Had to pull out the reverse sweep to get the win, um, but uh, you just you just can't bet against Shanghai um, in in Asia right now. Um, you know, a lot like the shock uh, in North America, which makes sense because they were in fact. Um, you know, are maybe the champions, but uh, you really can't uh, can't bet too hard against them at this point. Oh yeah. Um, let's move on to NYXL versus the Guangzhou Charge. We did just see the NYXL um, beat London, but they lost to Hangzhou, unfortunately for them. Uh, so NYXL with Hoxel on their team, they've they've had their ups, they've still had their downs, which is classic NYXL. Um, and now they face Guangzhou Charge, who's looking like they're rising up the the rankings here uh, in the Asia division. And this one is it's honestly going to be a tough one. I all these Asian Asia matches are fantastic because these teams are really good now. Um, but yeah, I guess the question for me is who who wins this matchup? And it's a tough one. But I, I'm going to go with the hot hand here, and I'm going to go with the Guangzhou Charge. Uh, they, uh, I think they're. 3-0 in the summer showdown right now and I think they are maybe 2-0 but either way I think they I think this weekend they're going to seal a nice 4-0 I, I think they're going to look real good against NYXL and I think it'll be a close one but I think they'll they'll uh, take it what do you what are your thoughts Joe yeah it's uh, <laughs> I'll be honest uh, going into this week I had just decided uh, yeah I'm just going to pick uh, against you on this matchup in particular. So I'm going New York. <laughs> um, but it is absolutely going to be really close. I mean, uh, New York had a loss that they weren't expecting. Uh, I imagine they weren't expecting this past week uh, to lose to Hangzhou, uh, which who Guangzhou then only barely beat themselves. So I, I think they're um, uh, you know, really close team, uh, really close teams in that regard. Um, New York is looking really good. Um, Particularly with uh, you know the addition of Hoxall now, uh, with with, uh, with a buffed Genji patch. You know, excuse me. I hope we get to see a lot of him uh, coming up uh, this this weekend, maybe in this match. Uh, and Guangzhou, meanwhile, you're right, has been consistently good, uh, and not you know Shanghai consistently good, but consistently good. Um, and you're right, it is going to be a really close match. Um, not the closest match of the week, though. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to New York here, um, uh, the opposite of you and we'll, we'll see where we land. Um, another Asian match that we aren't picking Shanghai Hangzhou should be interesting as well, especially after, uh, this past week where we're like, Oh, Hangzhou is really good now too. Uh, so Shanghai's, it's got a tough weekend, but let's pick two North American matches here, Joe, at the end of the weekend. The first one is the LA Valiant versus Paris Eternal. We we've given LA Valiant all their praises this week. They've already been able to beat the Paris Eternal in the main melee. So at this point, um, even though I think both these teams have a lot of praise, I, I think Paris winning would be an upset, honestly. Um, and for that reason, I, I mean, I like, I think both these teams are really good uh, and getting close to the top tier, honestly, which is somewhere we did not think they were going to be after their years last year. So um Bravo to both you guys, but I am going to pick the Valiant here. Uh, another team that's extremely hot right now, coming off of a very good win against the Florida Mayhem. Florida Mayhem, I think, is 
a lot better than the Paris Eternals. So I think Valiant should be able to take this one. Who you got, Joe? Yeah, no, uh, I'm picking with you. Uh, picking with you here to uh, for the LA Valiant to take this series. Um, it is going to be close, absolutely. And uh, you know, Paris is a really solid team um, that unfortunately has not been um, doing incredibly lately. You know, <laughs> despite um, you know some really solid changes. I mean. Um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to discount them, um, when you lose to the shock because, um, you know, a shock loss is, is, uh, not, not quite so notable, fair to say. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, uh, especially lately, you're right. LA Valiant is, is almost sort of the favorite here. Um, uh, you could go either way, but I think some of the consistency we've seen, um, uh, is probably higher here from the, uh, Pacifico squad. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with him at least for my, for my pick here. Yeah, uh, and then our last game that's finally happening, Joe. The Philadelphia Fusion are finally facing the San Francisco Shock. Yes, we didn't get in the main melee. We haven't gotten it all season. Um, at one point, we did think these are the two best teams in North America. We're not so sure anymore because a bunch of other teams are looking really good. But we're st- I'm still super excited, super stoked to see how the Fusion um, can stack up against this team because we haven't gotten to see it yet. Fusion always played close games with Paris, Joe, is the thing. And Paris got absolutely stomped by the shock. Um, and, and Philly struggles to, to beat Paris whenever they play them. Even though they do end up winning, it's a hard match for them. For that reason, even though I, I know that you can't you can't specifically choose off of matchups like that, but for that reason, I I'm more inclined to believe the San Francisco Shock are, are going to win this game. I hope it's close, but the Shock are so good that even against the Fusion, like I think this could be a 3-0. So I'm just gonna pick the Shock here. Joe, of course you're a Fusion fan. Yeah. Are you gonna pick against your team here? What What are you gonna do? Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't pick against Philly here. Um, it's gonna be an excellent series. There's. A, I'm. I, I'm willing it into existence uh, as I speak that this is gonna be an excellent series. Uh, there's just no way. Uh, no way. These these teams don't deliver, and uh, that would be super unfortunate if they did. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of knocking on wood here because we definitely know. Uh, out of these two teams' history, we know exactly uh, we know exactly which team would <laughs> would be the one to under deliver. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping that's not going to happen uh, here. As a Philly fan, it's absolutely possible that this goes all the way, um, and it's absolutely possible that they that they take this. I'm not uh, I'm not you know I'm not just saying that. I think this is uh, I, this better be the best match of the week. Um, uh, in lots of different ways, including a Philly win, <laughs> you know, end to end the week, it, it's great. Uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to it, and hopefully, we can have uh, uh, a, a better week uh, this week for predictions than we did last week. I think I only had one right last week, but uh, uh, even if I only get one this week, hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's a, a nice Philly win over Shock. I mean, because. This was, you know, the the May Melee finals that never were, after all. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited. I really hope it's the best match of the week. I thought Shock Paris was going to be the best match of the week last week, so I think I'm just a bit salty and 
And now I don't want to put my faith into to any shock match being the match of the week ever again because apparently they're just too good. But please, Philly, put up a fight, please. I would love, love, love if this was a five-map, maybe six-map game even. Come on. I, last last match of, of the week as well. So that'll be exciting. Also, after this week, we get, um, we get to know what the Summer Showdown schedule is going to look like too, which is very fun. Because that'll be the week after this, after this one. So, yeah, um, that's all we got for this show. Unless you got anything else, Joe? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, go load the PTR and yeah. sort your player icons. <laughs> that's that's my advice. Yeah, do it <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> just never play the game. Play a game again. Just go sort and go look. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow us on our social medias, mine's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. Our show also has a Twitter. It's at On The Flank Show. Um, Joe tweets out graphics, stuff like that. It's fantastic. Go follow us there. You can email us on show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any questions, topics, corrections, stuff like that. You're listening to this one in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy another weekend of the Overwatch League.